Hey y'all, hey. Welcome to Such a Lady Podcast and I'm your host Siobhan. If you are tuning back in, welcome back Such a Ladies. If this is your first time tuning in, get comfortable because you are home now with your toxic love family. And no, normally I don't sound like this, but I'm getting over a cold, so sorry if I sound like a dude. Um, <laughs> it'll be all right. I'm just praying for you, girl. Um, I hope you guys had a great weekend, and I hope you all have an even better week. Um, our such a lady this week is going to be Denise Phillips. Um, she recommended such a lady last week, and Denise said, listen, this is what she said. I didn't say this. She said this. She said, when she is listening to such a lady, she feels like she is sitting with a girlfriend, and I am. I am your girlfriend. I'm all of y'all's girlfriends because y'all my friends. Um, <laughs> we're all such a ladies. Um, so this week, Miss Denise, you will be our such a lady of the week. Um, and again, um, the candles will go out at the end of the month. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you all for being um, a such a lady. And I can't thank you enough. So let's get to it um now each episode I try to decide how I'm gonna start off the episode I mean I could come in and be like hey y'all she killed him and then that be the end I mean I could do that but y'all ain't gonna keep listening to me I think y'all like the build-up to the story so like I try to do that um but I also try to give a piece of myself in each episode just so that you know you all can get to know a little bit of you know me so our next toxic love story gone wrong is one that had me saying stop lying like all throughout me reading it like I didn't believe it's true I didn't I couldn't believe it because I was like somebody can't be that crazy and the you know the people would say that a lot of it had to do with her childhood and the way that she was brought up. Now, I'm sure that all of my besties in Australia will know all about this story. And I'm sad to say that I'm sad and excited to say that I had never heard about this story. As crazy as it is, I had never, ever heard about the story. And so when I was reading, I was like, dude, and then I was watching like some docu um some documentaries on it and I was like, Yeah, this is crazy. She had to be psycho. And I was like, Okay, was there one thing in my childhood that might have pushed me over the edge that might have been like, you know what, Siobhan, we ready to risk it all. And I was trying to think and I was like, Okay, so yeah, it was this one time. I was probably like eight or nine and it was my birthday. Now, my birthday was September the 2nd. Notice I said it was. So it was September the 2nd, and I was telling my mom that I wanted for my birthday a little purple bike. That's all I wanted, this little purple bike with the little banana seat. Could you get it for me, please? Thanks. So my mom was like, when your birthday gets here, you're going to be so excited. You'll have the best present ever. So September the 2nd comes. And I'm so excited because it's my birthday. This half going to tell me 
that my birthday really ain't till September the 28th. But she lied because she wanted me to start school with my friends. A, I didn't have no friends. And B, that is not a surprise. I got to wait 26 more days to my birthday. That is not a surprise. Like, I was ready to end it all. Like, for real, I was. Like, I think I probably boycotted school. (laughs) Listen, I didn't play with the imaginary friends that she said that I had. That, listen, it was all bad. I... I was ready to risk it all. Like, I, I was. And then I was like, it was another time because my last name is Antoine. And uh, <laughs> it was Williams, though. So at one point, up until, I, listen, up until I am a junior in high school going into my senior year, I'm Siobhan Williams, okay? So I get home from school one day and my mom and dad are there and they're like excited looking at me. And they're like, um, here you go. They give me this piece of paper and they're like, okay, you're Siobhan Antoine now. And I'm like, hold up, pump the brakes. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's nice. Like 17 years ago, but now could listen. So when I get to school, everybody got all these questions. Did I get married? You know what I mean? Um, did I just now find my daddy? Kids was mean. And so I was just like, you know, stuff like that could have really caused me to snap. I mean, I think that some of those, I think that I had just calls if I wanted to act a fool, which y'all think. No? Yeah. Well, anyway, I just was thinking about my childhood and some of the things that, you know, um, would have caused me to be able to just start killing folks and it'd be okay. And that's all I could come up with. <laughs> I guess I guess I, my life ain't as hard as I thought it was. But our next toxic love story. Listen, apparently she had it bad. Um, her name is Catherine Wright. Okay, so listen. And growing up, her mother, Barbara, and her dad, I guess. Well, no, it was. Let me stop lying. So Catherine's mother was married to John Rohan and they lived together in Aberdeen and I this is in Australia sorry if I got that wrong so um Catherine's mother and Jack had four sons before Catherine's mother started having an affair with Ken Knight who was a co-worker of her husband Jack so Catherine's mama was already crunk before Catherine was even thought about. So, because it was a small town, Barbara and Kent ended up having to leave. They didn't have to leave the whole country. They just had to leave the town. They didn't have to, but you know how it is when folks get to talking. And so, they ended up moving together. And when they moved together, they didn't take the boys that Barbara, the four boys that Barbara had with Jack. Two of them ended up staying with Jack, and then the other two ended up staying with an aunt. So it was kind of like Barbara and Kent started over without any of Barbara's kids that she had before. Um, and so y'all know me and names, Barbara and Kent, Barbie and Kent. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> they start a new life. They end up having four kids of their own. And out of those four kids, they ended up having a set of twin girls and one of the girls being named Catherine. Now, um, Catherine was, listen, she was a piece of work. Her childhood apparently was, she was considered a bully. Um, Reports say that her father was a violent alcoholic who her mother would say raped her up to 10 times a day. And then she would in turn go and tell her daughters about her getting raped by, you know, Kent and how she hated men and she just stuff you shouldn't be telling your daughters. Like if you're going to stay with him, then that's your business. But it's some stuff you just keep to yourself. You don't tell your daughters. But Barbara um, didn't want to call Shirley. She wanted to tell her kids and that's what she did now (laughs) Catherine would later go on to say that she had been sexually assaulted by several members of her family but she was adamant in saying that it was never done by her father now she said that she was assaulted up until she was 11 years old so imagine all that time being assaulted now Of course, you know, they said that they couldn't find any proof, but family members um, backed up the story that Catherine was assaulted by family members. And that's sad, you know, that they're supposed to be there to protect you, but they're over here taking advantage of you. And um, everything I read said that the only people that Catherine was close with were her twin sister, and she had a cousin, but that cousin ended up committing suicide, and they were really, really, really close. So Catherine took it hard, which I could definitely understand. If my brother die, killed themselves, I would be, you know, hurt. Um, and apparently Catherine was. So all the stuff that she was already going through, then she loses this cousin. Um, I'm sure that didn't help. Now, they said at school that she was this bully who used to pick on um, kids that were smaller than her. She got a, she got in trouble for assaulting a little boy and a teacher. Now, how you be fighting a teacher at school, I don't know. But she was, and the teacher didn't get in trouble because apparently it was considered self-defense when she, the teacher, like, swung back like you ain't gonna be coming after me like that and that's what happened so Catherine left school at the age of 15 I guess she was like you know enough is enough but it said that she left school at the age of 15 without knowing how to read or write I got questions um because how long do you go to school before you decide that I'm gonna raise my hand because I can't read or write like I'm I'm coming here every day and the goal is to learn, but I'm not learning. Um, the second question is, what was y'all doing in school for all that time if she didn't know how to read or write? And y'all know I'm a I'm a visual person, so the only thing I can think of is that Catherine was going to school in this small town where like the school was just one room from 
pre-K all the way up into 12th grade. Everybody was in one room. So maybe they watch cartoons. I don't know. I'm trying to make it wrap around my mind. Why come? Like, I get that at 15, you said enough was enough because why am I finna waste my time? But what was y'all doing? I don't, never mind. I just, who kept passing you? I don't know, like, what was the teachers just like, okay, okay, just let her go because I'm sick of her. Like, I don't know who who kept saying that you get to go to the next grade. I don't. Okay, so anyway, after Catherine decided that she went school just wasn't for her, she got a job as a cutter in the clothing factory. Um, She would stay there for about a year before she would land in Catherine's words, her dream job. I kid you not, that's what she said. And do you want to know where Catherine's dream job was at? It was at the Arbitra. And I'm sorry if I got that or pronounced that wrong, but the Arbitra. And I was like, what is that? And for you all who don't know what that is like me, it is a slaughterhouse. So... Kat's dream job was a slaughterhouse, y'all. Look, and yes, I didn't just gave her a nickname because Catherine's too long, especially when we keep like she the main person in the story. Like, so Kat, that's Kat. So Kat's dream job was a slaughterhouse. And I mean to each its own, but apparently sis was good at her job. People would come and watch Kat as she would slaughter the animals um, while she was working at the arbitral. Cat was gifted with her own set of knives. And people were going to say that these will become Cat's prized possession. Like she carried these knives around and she took care of them and talks about them like these were her babies. Now, um that Cat was she was a special kind of listen i gave her a name cat cat the crazy bat because she was listen she would hang that the story says that she would hang knives from her house and i believe it because when i was looking at some of the um the the backstory they were showing pictures of her house and this lady would have like knives hanging from the ceiling like rakes i'm talking about the 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 ceiling, all of her walls were covered with um, some of everything, whether it be a knife, something she slaughtered, um, a deer, like crazy. First of all, you, I'm not coming in your house. And then she slept with knives above her bed. And when people asked her why, she said, because just in case I need to use them. Like, but why, cat? Why, why, why would you need to? I don't know. But even though she was like this slaughterhouse, obsessed, crazy knife person, she still made time for love. I don't know how, but she did. She made time for love. And I mean, she wasn't no ugly girl. She was just weird. I mean, I, I, that's all I can say. Y'all know I'm going to put the pictures up. But she, she wasn't ugly. She was just odd. I mean really odd um while working at the arbitral she met david kellett and the two would go on today they would say that often david would get into a fight and cat would jump in and help him so david was like oh she a rider rider like <laughs> like she for real for real like this is really 
this is really finna be Bonnie and Clyde. And Kat was like, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. <laughs> Listen, I'm just kidding. But she she did say that. And they did end up getting married. Because David was like, say less. I got this. You fighting for me? Listen, you fighting for me and you fighting with me. Like, it don't get no better than that. But they said that they think that the two were just really, really in love. And it happened quick. Because... Um, after they got married, I I don't know if Kat just lost her mind then, or she was our, now she was already crazy. She, I, I'm convinced she was already crazy, but, um, I'm not sure what, what the annulment laws were because when they got married on their marriage night, on their wedding night, marriage night, (laughs) y'all, I don't know, on their wedding night, uh, Kat strangled David. He woke up to her strangling him. Why, you ask? Why was she strangling her husband on their first night being married? Because, now, I read two different stories, but either way, whether it was two times or three times, they only had sex two times or three times, but that wasn't enough for Kat. So, when, um, you know, David fell asleep, I guess she was pissed. She was like, listen, that's not enough for me. And reports say that her mom said that she had sex five times on her honeymoon. So Kat felt like she should have sex that many times. Other sources say that she was just a sex fiend. Either way it goes, she was pissed and she tried to kill him. And I was reading, I was like, oh my gosh, Uh, he, he had to have tried to divorce her after she tried to kill him, but she did not. I mean, he did not. She did not either. I mean, if you mad at my sex drive, then leave me alone. But she didn't either. They would go on to stay together. And not only would they stay together, but they would get pregnant. So now Kat is pregnant and they have this crazy, violent relationship. It doesn't get better. Like, on one occasion, David, I can only imagine, he he gets in the finals for a dark tournament, okay? Now, imagine you make it to the finals. You excited. You you made it, okay? You then beat all these other people. It's, you probably been drinking. You excited. You think you finna get, go home and get you some because why? Because you lucky. You was lucky at the darts tournament, so you finna be lucky when you get home. No, you get home and your pregnant wife is there and she's mad because you're late getting home. So what does she do? She takes a frying pan and she proceeds to beat you in the head with the frying pan. She beats you to the point where you have to go find shelter at a neighbor's house. Like this man had a fractured skull and Kat is like, okay, well, you know, you should have made it home on time. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And the police, you know, they, they tried to get her, uh, you know, David to press charges, but you know, he didn't, I don't know if it's cause he was scared of her or what, but he didn't. And she ended up getting let go. Now, I don't know if this was back before they would pick up charges themselves. Y'all, I'm serious. I had so many questions on why this lady did not go to jail before she went to jail. Like, it was so many things that she did that were just not okay. 
I guess David got sick of it. And he was like, listen, girl, I ain't got time for these games. I'm finna go. And he left her to go be with another woman. Um, He was like, I'm out. I can't do it. And I don't know why he thought that if he left her with the new baby, that she was going to be okay. Because she wasn't. She was like, okay, so you finna leave me? All right, I'm finna show out. So she didn't have this new baby. And David is gone. And he, he lived in his best life with his new, his, his, um, with his sneaky link. He over kicking it hard with her. Kat is losing her mind. Okay. So they have this daughter named Melissa. And shortly after they give birth to Melissa and he didn't left, Kat puts the baby in a pram. Now I didn't know what a pram was either. Y'all I didn't, but apparently it's a baby stroller. Basically, that's what it is. So it's a baby stroller. So she puts baby Melissa in this baby stroller and she's pushing her down the street really, really aggressively. And people are looking because, you know, you just can't be out here pushing little white babies around um, before folks get to talking and calling police and stuff like that, calling them people. And they did. And Kat aggressively pushed her tail into a mental hospital um, where she was diagnosed with, they said, postnatal, postpartum depression. Um, Now, Kat was in there for a while and she was released shortly after that. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I didn't think they was going to keep her in there forever, but forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. I didn't think they was going to keep her in there forever, but I did think that they was going to keep her in there for some time. And then baby Melissa was going to go to a nice little home and, you know, things was going to get better. But they didn't. They let her out and then she got back custody of Melissa, which was crazy. Still confused about that one. So, um, I'm thinking she going to go home, take baby Melissa and say, you know what? We don't need a man for nothing. A man, you listen, we, we independent. I N D E P E N D E N T. Do you know what that mean? You know what I mean? I thought she was going to go home and say that, but she didn't. She went home and decided that she was going to take baby Melissa and put her on the train tracks. Now, Apparently, she, I don't know if she knew when a train was coming or she had timed it, but when she put the baby on the train tracks, it it apparently was right before a train was getting ready to come. So it was like someone had to come save Melissa right before the train came. And I'm like, okay, I don't think that's okay at all. Well, that ended up getting um, Kat back into trouble. A few days after that, she slashed the face of a woman with one of her knives and demanded that the woman drive her to find David. The woman escaped after they stopped at a gas station, but by the time the police arrived, Kat had already taken a young boy hostage and was threatening him with a knife. (laughs) Then, when she was finally stopped, it was because the police had to attack her with they had to attack her with brooms. Um, and then she got put back into a psychiatric hospital. Now, Kat told the nurses that she had intended to kill the mechanic at the gas station because he had repaired David's car, which had allowed him to leave. Now, when the police told David about this, 
he left his girlfriend and moved back to um, Aberdeen with his mother to support Kat. Now, listen, I do not want y'all to try this at home because this is not how this normally works. You do not get to act a fool. And then a man comes and says, okay, you acting a fool. I'm going to be with you. That is not normally how this works. I just want y'all to know that. Like, try it now if you want to. Try it now if you want to. And you're going to go to jail. I'm just going to tell y'all that's just what's going to happen. Um, it's not going to work out for you. It's not going to end in your favor. So don't try such a ladies. Now, all the foolishness did make David come back. and But what's so crazy is that I read that his sneaking link was pregnant. So, David don't sound like he the best man either. I mean, I know Kat was crazy as hell. Um, but he wasn't. I mean, he left Kat with Melissa. And she then almost tried to kill this baby twice. Then he didn't got his sneaky link pregnant. And then he didn't left her to come back to take care of Cat Cat the Crazy Bat. I'm just saying, he don't seem like his loyalty is very strong. But I'm just saying, if you like it, I love it. So they get there. And God had to have been covering Melissa because her mama was crazy. And when they go, they check uh cat out of the home the cra- the mental hospital i apologize the mental hospital they check her out of that and then they go get melissa and then they go home and then they make it their job to take care of her instead of her getting help and her you know focusing on being a better cat she gets pregnant again but when she gets pregnant she decides that she feels like David is cheating on her now. Like, she doesn't trust him. Like, I don't know any reports of him cheating again, but she doesn't trust him. So she decides, you know what, I'm out. And so she leaves and she goes to stay um, in the her parents' home. So she didn't left David. She didn't done all this ripping and running and acting a fool. And she didn't decided that she finna leave him. Now, she moves on and she got her kids now she has relationships in between the main relationship that goes really toxic and they they all seem to be um all of them like one guy i read she beat him in the face with the iron um slashed his face up another guy she she was just crazy i don't know and she wasn't a big lady she was very small very very small um petite lady but i i think they said that like when she would get mad she would have like the strength of a hulk the hulk so i I mean i'm i'm assuming that she did because she over here beating grown men i don't know what i don't know what is going on so she she meets this man and while she's working and his name is john charles thomas price I like that name. And he had three children who stayed with um two of two of the kids stayed with John Charles. That's his name. And so John Charles had heard the rumors about how Cat Cat was crazy. He had seen her temper in action cuz he worked with her, but he decided that he wanted to date her anyway. So that just goes to show you that it ain't just women out here who see the red flags and go for it. It's men out here too, because he knew that she was crazy. And he was like, ooh, sign me up. 
And and Kat was like, okay, class is in session. Come on, John Charles. Now, John Charles was a very loving guy. He loved his children. Even listening to them talk, you know, you could tell that they loved their father. I mean, he was a good dad to them. He just loved him some crazy cat. That's just what it was. And, of course, when they first started dating, everything was peaches and cream and I'm sure Kat showed her crazy side, but it wasn't crazy, crazy. They was probably just going to bars and beating people up, you know, like what you want to do tonight? What you want to do? Let's go beat them people up. Okay, let's get drunk and go fight. You know, that's probably their, that was probably their good time. But eventually Kat was like, listen, I didn't gave away the goodies for too long. It's time for somebody to put a ring on it again. And so John Charles was just like, listen, I like you and you a good time and all, but I don't want to marry you. Like not right now. Like I I don't, I don't want to do that. And so she got pissed and she was upset and she was like, listen, so you're not going to marry me. You just finna keep ha- oh, we just gonna keep bumping uglies, but we not ever gonna get married. So this is how you know she was crazy. So she had her own house, Kat did, but her and John Charles had moved in together. You know, like, you know how you do when you do, when you doing it and you shacking up. So she still had her own house, but she was staying over here with John Charles and apparently his kids liked her and the relationship was going good. But when she kept pressuring him to marry her and he kept saying no, she took and recorded and um, items that John Charles had stolen from his job. Now, mind you, everything said that these items were expired, so they weren't using them anymore. But the fact still remained that he had stolen the items. He had taken them without permission from his job. And Kat knew about it. And so she recorded this and she sent it to his job. Now, mind you, this man had been on his job for 17 years. They didn't fire him. Kat didn't got this man fired from his job, y'all. Now, you got to be, you got to be a crazy woman. Like, so just leave a man if he don't want to marry you. Like, just leave. But you're not going to leave. You're going to get him fired. So he leaves her alone for a minute. He's like, okay, listen, you got to get out of my house. And I was proud of John Charles. I was like, I'm proud of you. You left her alone. You ain't got to put up with that. Don't nobody got to put up with that. But John Charles said, listen, it's too good. She's sitting on some gold. And listen, apparently she was because that's what all the men who were with Cat Cat the Crazy Bat said. They said that they couldn't leave because the sex was good and I'm just like listen I mean I don't know I don't know about it because you ain't fence to be stabbing me you're not finna be hitting me with no iron no mm-mm, I don't nobody is that good but apparently Kat was so um John Charles is like listen you gotta go I'm leaving you alone he's telling his friends that he's done with her he goes and gets a restraining order I'm so proud of him I really really am but then he takes her back the girl goes out and she get all it take all it took was for her to go get some lingerie some black lingerie she goes to get some lingerie 
she goes, she sends his kids over to, how you send somebody's kids somewhere after he didn't put you out? You send his kids over to their friend's house to play. And then you and John Charles bump uglies and you put it on him. Girl, you put it on him and he falls asleep. Well, sometimes between that night and the next morning, something bad happened because John Charles didn't show up at work. I guess he got another job. And his neighbor being concerned, um, someone comes over to the house and they see blood on the door. So they call the police. Well, the police come to do a welfare check. And when they come, they come just as Catherine was finishing up dinner. So she had made dinner for John Charles's children. And the dinner consisted of steak and roasted vegetables. But it wasn't just any steak because Kat had, I don't know, mold. Like she had, now mind you, she worked in this slaughterhouse. So she had cut all of John Charles's skin off. She had skinned this man so cold-blooded that she was able to hang him from the door on a meat hook like it was it was bad y'all and then she cut she cut his head off and cut his butt cheeks off and other parts of his body and then she cooked it and the steaks that she put on the plate for his kids were butt steaks it was his butt like but okay so you got to be crazy to cut somebody up, but then to sit there and wait on it to cook. Like, what do you put it on? I don't understand. Like, what do you put butt cheeks on? Like, what is the, re- the what do you put it on? Like 375? I don't know. How did she know? How did she know what to put the head on the bullet? I don't know. So she not only had she cut this man up and cooked him and set him on a plate for his kids to eat. She had left a letter for the kids and like put like stabbed knives in the letter and pictures. Like she was crazy. Rumor has it that she had fed part of John Charles to the dog. And then after she did all this, she took some pills and I thought it was to kill herself, but apparently these were just kills, pills to like knock her out, like make her woozy or whatever. But she wasn't trying to kill herself because she had took John Charles's card and went and got a thousand dollars. And so so that in my mind lets me know that she wasn't as crazy as, you know, she wanted people to believe. And although she had been in a mental hospital before she knew what she was doing like you got to you got to be you got to have some type of sense to cut somebody up and then to stick around and put them in the oven while they could what was you doing while they was cooking cat like what was you doing was you cleaning up now you weren't cleaning up the mess was that when you was writing the letters i don't know i don't know i'm just i don't know i got questions um maybe one day i don't know we can find more info on Kat. But anyway, the police came and they found her and they took her to the hospital and they determined that she was sane enough 
that she could stand trial. She knew what she was doing. She, she, the judge said that she cut, she cut John Charles with such expertise that everything was still on him. Like it, like they were able to glue him back on. Listen, y'all glue the man back on. Like, like he, uh, bits the potato head. I'm sick of it. Okay. So cat goes to jail and she's sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. And in Australia, she was the first woman to ever be sentenced to life in jail without the possibility of parole. Now she thought that it was a little harsh, but they was like, listen, now you finna be in her. You're not finna get another chance to cut another person up. Not, not in this place, not in this time. The judge was angry as I would have been too. Y'all, this story was crazy. Cat was, y'all, she was a bat. She was a crazy bat. But no, that was our, that was our toxic love story. Y'all, she was crazy. So listen, meet me over at such a lady, um, 30 on Instagram. Or y'all can definitely meet me at such a lady on Facebook. And if you ain't got nothing else to do, maybe you could recommend such a lady to a friend or a coworker. Or somebody who you think might love true crime and might love us. Who you might want to be a part of this toxic love story gone wrong family. Because we would love to have them. But you know, I'm going to end on a, a on, on our note that, listen, if you're looking for a sign to leave your toxic relationship, this is it. You don't have to wait. You don't need no excuse. You can just be gone. You don't need any reason. You deserve better. So go out there and find it. Now, go be great on purpose, and I'll meet y'all back here next Monday for our next Toxic Love Story Gone Wrong. Love you guys. Bye.